Two weeks into the season, there's certainly no reason to press any padding buttons over a one-on-one record. But how concerned should Sunville fans be following the 27-15 loss to Oklahoma State? Much like the season opener, it was a tale of two halves where we saw a solid performance in the first half go south in the last two quarters, especially on offense. So on today's episode of the Devil's Junkies podcast, I'm joined by the 1987 Rose Bowl MVP and Sun Devil Network color analyst, Jeffrey Rapworth, to break down what took place last Saturday night, discuss the approaches that the coaching staff will need to employ to get back on the winning track. So thank you as always for tuning in. Let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Devil's Junkies Podcast. I'm your host and devilsitis.com publisher, Hode Rubino. And joining us now is the 1987 Rose Bowl MVP, former Arizona State quarterback, and the Sudden Devil Network color analyst, Jeff Van Rapporst. Jeff, thank you so much for joining the podcast. And uh, let's uh, dive right into it. Uh, Kenny Dillingham said in his post-game press conference that he needed to do a better job putting his players in the best position to be successful. Um, what did you see um, d- during that loss to Oklahoma State, uh, especially that uh, whatever took place in the second half, that uh, really uh, resulted in an offense not putting any points on the scoreboard? Well, I mean, obviously, they keep drives alive. I mean, there's a lot of different things. It's, it's, it's keeping drives alive, number one. You know, obviously, we weren't able to run the ball. I thought we were a little bit more physical in the first half. Um, and I thought that in the second half that Oklahoma State along the front, you know, defensive line, offensive line kind of established a little bit more superiority, and that really hurt us in the running, you know, in the running game. And, and you know, anytime you can't run the ball, I think it makes it harder to throw the ball as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, as successful as ASU was in uh, third and short and fourth and short situations in the first half, it definitely was the complete opposite uh, when it comes to the rate of success of running those same exact plays in the second half. Do you feel it's just a matter of Oklahoma State just being more effective with their adjustments and being better prepared uh, for all those direct snaps they saw in the first half? Or maybe it's just as mundane as just the physicality factor uh, being more of an issue in the second half for ASU than it was in the first half? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you kind of look at schematically how you're talking about the Wildcat formation in particular? Yes. Yeah, I think um, in that in that regard, um, you know, they were still walking. When we went trips out to the field or two receivers and a quarterback out there, they ran, they put three bodies out there or two and a half bodies, meaning that, you know, they kind of matched numbers and took them out of the box. So, you know, that should give us a chance to run. But, you know, at the end of the day, guys still got to make blocks, get off blocks. Um, you know, I haven't gone back and looked at tape enough to figure out if did they change their slam pattern or, you know, did they do something schematically to kind of take that away. But, you know, certainly you would expect that's a, that's a well-coached football team. And, and it was very successful for us in the first half. And they came back out in the second half and, you know, and, and they won they won on those plays. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, a lot of it is, you know, when it's fourth and one or, you know, fourth and short, I mean, you can scheme all you want, but really what gets you a first down is you taking your opponent, knocking them off, and reestablishing a line of scrimmage backwards. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody's going to pretend that Southern Utah and their defense is even close to being on the same level as Oklahoma State's. But nonetheless, uh, the two games that were mirror images of each other in terms of the struggles that took place in the second half, um, you know, even though it's a very young season, is that worrisome that two weeks in a row now not being able to counter the halftime adjustments your opponent is employing 
And do you feel that maybe that really, you know, in a macro view is the biggest problem that's facing the Sun Devils? Again, uh, when it comes to offense, you're seeing uh, two different teams in, in either half. Yeah, I don't think it's a schematic thing as much. I was, it was interesting. You know, I've always kind of, you, know, you think back at what kind of adjustments do teams really make at halftime. And it's not like there's some magic wand that all of a sudden, wow, okay, you know, we've got this genius idea. You know, they've been working on these plays all week. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an interesting article in The Athletic talking about just halftime adjustments in general. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them are just, you know, a chance for players in the locker room kind of reset, get refocused, you know, more. I think it's on the metal side just to take a deep breath and, okay, you know, what's, what is what is working what can we do? What do we think we can do? And But I don't think they drop a whole different strategy of, you know, a series of plays or schemes. You know, they may run some defense that they've only run once or twice. Okay, that's going to be our primary adjustment now in the second half to, uh, you know, to a new formation. Um, as far as it being worrisome, you know, it's, I mean, I guess it's, you know, you're, when your end is two of, of any study, you know, you're probably not, it's probably not a deep enough study. Um but we, you know, we have two games, and and we did not play well in the second half. So that's certainly something the coaching staff will be working on. So I mean, fair to say that it's not so much maybe the halftime adjustments being the end all be all, but more like the in game adjustments that you do in the third quarter that uh, usually are dictating games. And maybe that's something that ASU has been lacking a little the first two games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like, you know, we keep going back to like, you know, the question is, is slated towards more. Is there something schematically that one coaching staff is doing in the second half that ours isn't doing or, or, or not adjusting to? And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really sure that that's the scenario. You know, you can, you know, I think we, what do we run? Like 66 plays. It was a really small number of plays. I think we're averaging right now 65 plays a game. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of break that up. You're getting 30 plays and a half. Um, if you get four or five drives, you know, maybe four drives in a quarter, you know, you're not looking at a whole lot of plays. So I think it really comes down to more about execution. You know, can you keep a drive alive? You know, I said in pregame, I thought the biggest down was going to be first down, mm-hmm. you know, getting three, four yards, staying on the sticks, because you don't want to be in a situation with third and eight, third and nine with a young quarterback. Um, so when you look at third down conversions, you almost have to go back and look at it by, okay, yes, it's the third down conversion, but what was the down and distance or what was our conversion rate on third and 0 and 2, third and 0 and 4, 5, and then third and 5 plus? Because, mm-hmm. you know, usually those numbers are radically different. You know, and obviously, you know, b- both teams are playing with the, with the new rules right now that uh, the clock doesn't stop um, after a first down unless it's a two minutes of the half or last two minutes of a game. Um, would Do you think, just with Arizona State struggles, that's kind of uh, maybe uh, insult to injury that, uh, like you said, um, they're just not getting um, that many opportunities, uh, you know, to, uh, to run the ball because they're not in the field that much. And especially if, um, you know, the defense isn't able to stop the opponent. Now you're giving an offense that maybe is dying to get more chances. Now they're really uh, funding themselves with just uh, a limited um, number of minutes uh, that, that they can get those chances. Yeah, I mean, the second half, I'm just looking at the stats right now. We had six drives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we had those, those are, you know, you, those are so critical, especially the first coming out of a, coming out of a half, right? Um, you know, coming out of the half, you know, we had a six play, 35 yard drive and, and lost it on downs, you know, and, and that's where I think 
you know, Kenny was obviously trying to keep one of the, a couple of those drives alive. You know, he went for it a couple of times on fourth down and, you know, trying to buy a series and, and make something happen as a coach, which, you know, I totally get. Um, you know, I think everybody deals with the same set of rules, but, you know, I think when you have fewer plays per game, then, you know, a missed opportunity is magnified. I mean, there were plays last, you know, games last year, we'd run 80 plays. Yeah. You know, imagine having, you know, 20 more chances. You know, maybe one of those is a swing pass and, you know, Badger takes it to the house or, you know, you know, in that second half, I mean, there were some, there were some key plays either way, whether it was, you know, a fourth down conversion that didn't go or, you know, a, a drop pass and, you know, one-on-one coverage or just those little things. So, you know, I just think it's an execution thing. You got a, you got a bunch of new players, a new staff, and, and you're trying to figure out who's going to be, you know, who are your playmakers and how you're going to get them the ball and who's going to step up. But, you know, a lot of adjustments. There's no excuses. One thing I admire about Coach Dillingham is, you know, he's not here – trying to paint an excuse. He's, he's trying to establish a culture and, you know, he's going for it on fourth down. You know, that's, that certainly is going to be, you know, seems like that's the new school. If you watch these NFL coaches, a lot of these young guys, you know, they're a lot more aggressive. And conversely, I think, you know, he's telling the players, hey, look, we're going to put it in your hands. You need to step up and make a big play. You know, can't have a false start, you know, drop balls, things like that. You know, great calls. But on the stat sheet, it just goes down as incomplete. And, no, I think that's the challenge that uh, that college coaches are faced with today. I, I, you know, watching multiple games on Saturday, I was amazed at the number of drops, <laughs> and, and not just our game, but it's in any game in general. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's execution is a, is a funny thing. I mean, you know, one or two tip balls, a great catch, and we're singing superlatives. <laughs> you know, versus trying to dissect, you know, how can we have a score in the second half? So you talked about new faces, and obviously the most prominent new face is uh, going to be starting uh, quarterback Jaden Rashada. Uh, earlier today in his press conference, Kenny Dillingham you know, said that uh, I might have 99 problems, but the quarterback is not one of them. And, you know, obviously a quarterback is ultimately a function of the, the players around him, whether it's an offensive line, which, you know, well-documented. A lot of a lot of injuries are hampering the front five right now. Whether it's the skilled players uh, that uh, you know weren't o- always stepping up as they should. You talked about drops. Obviously, Xavier Guillory, a critical drop on, on a third down pass. Um, what, what was your take on what you saw from Jaden uh, last Saturday, and how do you compare it uh, to what we saw from him against Southern Utah? Again, not to belabor the point, but we're just seeing uh, a different offense and a different quarterback, uh, first half, second half. But what did you see in terms of his struggles against Oklahoma State that may be the same or different than what they were in the season opener? Well, I thought he played a lot better. I mean, 22 or 32 um, you know, last on Saturday night, I thought he, I thought he made some really nice throws within the pocket, and didn't get really happy feet. Really had some people near him. You know, a lot of it was it was congested in the pocket, and he, and he made some nice throws. Um, you know, a lot of the the bubble screens and a lot of throws. You know, even some of the short stuff I thought was nice. Some of the um, little slip screens. You know, that we did early. You know, both first half we did a lot of screens, and Central Arkansas run a lot of screens on Oklahoma State too, because you know that defense is designed to, designed to spill everything wide. You know, three three five set. They're just trying to keep spilling it wide. You run those inside screens, and you're hoping that somebody overruns it wide so yeah. you can get vertical. And we tried to, uh, a couple to Conyers, and we did some to Brooks. Um, 
So I think, you know, he threw well. I, I think his one interception, you know, I don't have a problem with that throw. Um, it was, you know, two receivers to one side. They had kind of a, you know, three DBs on that side. They banjoed him inside and out. And they tried to run just a real tight dig route or curl route. And, you know, when that receiver saw it coming out of the break, you know, when you see a defender out in front of you, you got to squirrel it down right there and, um, and set it up. And it was just a, you know, bang, bang throw. I thought Rashad didn't hold the ball, didn't lead him into the DB, you know, tried to give his receiver a chance and, you know, good interception. So um, I like strong, aggressive throws that decisive that are on time. If it gets picked, it gets picked. So um, I agree with Coach Gillingham. I thought, you know, I thought he's played pretty well. I think there's a lot more that Rashad, you know, that is in the tank. You know, I think there's a lot more even with, you know, with using his feet, whether it's boots or RPOs or, you know, things like that, uh, where you're putting a bind on a defense with his athleticism. Hmm. Um, you know, Dim to dominate our conversation and make it all about the offense because uh, I certainly think this defense needs to be recognized for what I thought was a really solid game, even though the scoreboard can be deceiving. Um, I know that the bar was pretty low last year in terms of the defensive performance, but do you think it's just the elevation of talent that's a noticeable difference from 2022 or is it really just uh, more about an effective scheme that is probably the bigger aspect of this group's improvement you know i'd probably say schematically Mm -hmm. um you know you look around that team and if you went you know player by player um i don't know if it's radically different you know linebackers are pretty really good last year and you know, have Vanessa Jade on the inside gave you a nice big body there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you still had BJ Green on the edge. Um, so, you know, you'd probably give a linebacker advantage, you know, to last year's group. Um, you know, D linemen, there's some pretty good players there last year. So, I don't know. I think Coach Ward's done a good job. Guys know where they're going, they, they're not giving up big plays, they're contesting balls. Um, he's, he's asking a lot of them, he's moving around. Um, you know, trying to make some things happen. I mean, I think, you know, Romney, when you look at him, is is having a good, you know, good season. But I think he's a little bit light. I think he'll get bigger and bigger as um, as his career goes on. You know, the safeties really played uh, really played well, I thought, last week. I mean, they really stepped up. They come, they're asked to make a lot of tackles, mm-hmm. and, and they certainly did that. And I think the uh, safety, Shamari, was the number one tackler last week, if I remember right. Yeah. And so, you know, Shamari Simmons, Chris Edmonds, do a great job. Roe Torrance has done a nice job. Um, there's we got three corners: Ed Woods, Demetrius Ford, and Roe Torrance. I think all of the guys have played well. Travion Brown, I thought, played well. Played physical uh, inside linebacker, and um, you know, I think it's where in the second half, from a defensive scheme, if you know, not scheme, you know, just from a defensive outcome perspective, you know, Oklahoma State was able to get the ball running. They didn't have any yards rushing in the first half, and yeah. they ended the game with 114 or 120, something like that. So they were they were able to run the ball a lot more effectively in the second half. And again, you know, I don't think it's an X's and O's thing. I think football is about kind of lining up and winning, winning your assignment, right? And, you know, I remember we played, you know, Coach Mars would always tell us, hey, look, there's, he goes, I'm not going to call the perfect play every time. It's not going to be some, you know, magic unicorn play that, oh, my gosh, this guy's so wide open. And, and you know, look, look how good Jeff is. He threw it to an open guy with nobody <laughs> around him. Um, you know, it, it's a game of congestion and traffic and deception. And I call it eye candy, guys moving in and out. So, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's 
the second half, I think a lot of it's just get our guys, you know, can they get it figured out and turn it on enough that they can uh, win their individual battles? Because, you know, you look at it, you, you don't, like, look at the first half and second half, right? Yeah. First half, you say, wow, what a great defensive performance. Mm-hmm. And, man, those coaches are great. And then second half, oh, my gosh, we gave up, you know, 100 some yards. Oh, those coaches are awful. Well, they didn't get dumb at halftime. It's not like they went in at 12 ounces of dumbness, yeah. you know. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's, it's everybody's kind of in on it. But uh, you can have a bad defensive call, but if everybody executes well, plays, plays within the scheme of it, you're still going to be okay because, you know, everybody's tied together on a string and moving and, uh, you know, it's not the other world. You can rally and make a tackle. So mm-hmm. um, I think field position was a big thing last week. I thought the defense did a great job of overcoming field position. Um, our, uh, you know, our punting game is only averaging about 37 yards a punt, so we're not tilting field position. Um, Oklahoma State in that game in the third quarter, they came out, we stopped and they had a 57, 53-yard net punt. Yeah. You know, really – all of a sudden, tilt, you know, thinking you're going to get the ball 35, 40 yard line, all of a sudden you get it at your own 26. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get those kind of things. It's just, you know, good, good execution by the other team. Sometimes that happens. And last question um, Do you feel that the challenge um, this week uh, for the coaches, for the players, is as much as they want to get uh, this win and, and against Fresno State and really get things back on track um, to really, you know, stick with what brought them here? And not try, uh, you know, too hard to press. Whether it's you know a game scheme that's a little more daring, or in terms of just assignments on the field, you know, trying to do more that, than you asked to. I mean, do you think that's a real challenge that the Sun Devils are faced um, in these days leading up to the Fresno State contest? No, I don't think I don't think they're going to get away from what they you know what they are because you know I think it's still kind of a work in progress. As a play caller, you're trying to figure out what t- can your team run well. You know, you got to take a look at just, I mean, start with your blocking schemes. And in general, take a look, you know, we've had some injuries along the front line. So you're going to say, okay, what can our guys block well? What is their defensive scheme? You know, how are we going to, how are we going to respond to that? Um, you know, this is a huge game. This is a game. This is not going to be an easy game. And, you know, Bram Walden just played his first full game because Glass, I Glass did not play and the bullies out, you know, with that, with that ankle injury. And Nihana Shore did a nice job of stepping up. But, you know, you're, if you're a coaching staff, you're not trying to change too much. You're trying to get some of these guys ready um, and get them repped and make sure that they know it. Sometimes running fewer plays more efficiently is better than a wide plethora of plays. Mm-hmm. It, it looks good on the dry board, but, you know, somebody can't execute it or doesn't execute it. It's not their wheelhouse. Uh, you know, I think they're still looking for how they're going to get, you know, they need some chunk plays. Um, you know, Badger certainly gives gives them to you, and he's also a great decoy. Um, you know, Gilroy's done a nice job. Uh, Stovall's done a nice job making some plays. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, don't underestimate Fresno State. You know, Jeff Tedford's a coach. He was at Cal for a long time. Very, very good football team. Always well coached. They're going to be coming in here. And, you know, we're not going to have an advantage of, wow, they're going to get, they're not, you know, it's a matter of they're not used to the heat. Well, Fresno, California gets pretty hot, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and it's a big game for them. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, you know, I kind of look, I, I think Coach Jellingham's approaching it right. Is You know what, it, we're just going to approach it. It's still Bruce Snyder, right, one at a time, whether it's one game or one play, one practice. Um, you got to, I think the biggest thing is, is whatever you do on the football field, are you competing mentally, physically, emotionally, 
You know, are you are you ready to take care of yourself? Are you ready to hydrate? Are you ready to get your sleep two, three nights before? You know, all of those those things factor into it. Yeah. Well, Jeff, uh, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. And Sun Devil fans, uh, do yourself a favor, whether you're um, at home watching the game on TV or just uh, in the in the stadium, uh, you know, popping in your your uh, AirPods in. Make sure that uh, you listen to uh, Jeff Ramaphorst and Tim Healy, obviously the voice of the Sun Devils, on ESPN 620 uh, this Saturday of the 7.30 p.m. kickoff against Fresno State. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for your insight as always, and uh, we'll see you Saturday night. Thank you, and just put out a plug for people to buy tickets, and uh, let's restore Sun Devil Stadium back to what it was. Let's get loud and proud. <laughs> and that will do it for this episode of the Devil's Junkies podcast. Thank you again to my guest, Jeff Ryan Rapports from the Sun Devil Network. Big game this week against Fresno State, a game that maybe in some ways uh, could define the direction this season is going to go in. We're going to be there all week during practices, uh, getting you the comments of ASU coaches and players. We'll have various preview pieces on our website throughout the week. So if you aren't already subscribed, make sure that you join us at the Devil's Huddle as a premium subscriber and sign up at devilsdigest.com. We also have an extensive analysis piece of what our takeaways were from that Oklahoma State game and how it can affect not only this week against Fresno State, but really the rest of the year. So thank you again uh, for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week.